You must be willing. We'll never be able to fully please God while living a life to please self. Never. I can never please God fully while in the side be pleasing myself at the same time. Either I am fully pleasing God or I'm fully pleasing self. So here it is. Do we see him like this? Do we see Jesus that when he walks into our life that we say like John the Baptist, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of this world whose sandals I'm not worthy of even carrying. Because if you do see Jesus like this, then it leads us to this right here. I must decrease so that he must what? Man, I hope you guys are catching this. This is a real gospel message, man. I must decrease so that he must increase. So what does this really mean? What does this really mean? That as he exposed himself, and as he exposes himself to you, you now live a life exposing yourself to him. Did you, did you guys hear that? John the Baptist was exposed. You want to know what John the Baptist did a few days later? He continues with his life to expose himself to a greater call. So will you allow that today? To make known, to reveal. In, in quotations it says this. To make known and reveal his intentions or his secrets, etc. See, the Lord exposes himself to us to reveal his intentions, to reveal his secrets, to re reveal his mysteries, his promises. So, will you allow Jesus Christ to expose himself to you? And if your answer is yes, then will you expose yourself to him? And that's going to lead me to my next point. The second definition of the word expose is this. It's to lay down, or sorry, to lay open, write this in your notes, to lay open to danger, to attack, or to harm. If I ask anyone here, who wants to be a Christian today? And how much people raise their hands like, amen. Then you've answered the call to be harmed, to be put in danger, and to be attacked. I wonder how many of you were war. Hallelujah! <laughs> if you read the Gospels, that's what Christianity was all about. Harmed, attacked, and put in danger. Can I get an amen, amen to all my fellow believers? So the second point is to expose, to make known, to disclose, to reveal. Was my first point. My second one, to lay open to danger, to attack, and to harm. Watch this. When you live a life that is exposed, one that is exposed to the Lord, and one that he has done the same to us, exposed himself to us, then our life is now laid open. It's open to danger, open to attack, open to harm. And you might ask, well, why is this so? And how is this so? This is why. Because we have finally made a decision. And the decision that we made is, I'm committed to this lifestyle. Listen. When we make a decision to expose ourselves to the Lord, we are telling the world, from this day forward, I am committed to Jesus Christ, my Lord, even if it means my life putting me to death. John the Baptist. Everyone with me? Let's, go to, let's talk about LeBron for a second. Maybe you'll understand this a little bit better. I told you I had to talk about LeBron. 
let's go to when LeBron was our hero. Let, let's erase the villain that he is right now for some of us, but the hero part. When LeBron James left Cleveland, that first time he left, he left Miami, but when he left Cleveland, remember that day? How many of you were sitting in front of your TV watching ESPN, glued to the rest of your lives? You know that you were. I was. They come on, he's coming to Miami, he's coming to Miami. When LeBron James left Cleveland, I want you to catch this. He revealed what his decision was. No one knew his decision. Remember ESPN? What will be his decision? They even called it the what? <laughs> decision. Wade had a party at a restaurant with all his closest friends waiting for the decision. The Cleveland Cavs had their own party waiting for the decision. Even the Bulls thought he was going over there and they had their own party waiting for the decision. Remember, Joaquin Noah got really mad at LeBron James when he didn't pick Chicago Bulls. LeBron James stood or sat on a stool that day. And he said, so what would it be, LeBron? Who are you going to play for next year? I should have played the clip. You know that? But I know it's still sour to a lot of us. So I used wisdom and discernment. So I'm not, I didn't do it. But LeBron looks at the man and he says, I've made the... He said the word decision. I made the decision to take my talents elsewhere. I'm going to South Beach to play with my good friend, Dwayne Wade. All of Miami uproared. All of Cleveland entered into depression. Okay. Now it's vice versa, I think. What really happened that day with LeBron James? Anyone know? LeBron exposed to everyone what he had finally made up in his mind that no one knew. For the first time ever, LeBron knew. But listen, it became public for the world to see and hear on its own. What really happened with LeBron was he took a side. He chose. And when you choose, when you take a side, listen, even those that you were once part of their side... At times, they will not agree with you, and they will do whatever it takes to harm you, to not see you succeed. Anyone been there? You would think that LeBron learned his lesson, right? But he did it again, and now he did it to us. Whatever. We're praying for him, and we, you know, I actually, I'm not mad at him. I hope he does well. But I want you to seriously take this to consideration what this means to us, because it's the same thing with us. When we expose to everyone what we finally have made up our mind to do and stand for, now it becomes public. When we take a side, when we choose, when we do that thing, when we become committed to that party or to this person or to this thing, there are even those who are close to us who were once part of our side who will not agree with us and they will do whatever it takes to harm us and not see us succeed. But listen, church. We don't back down and we don't let it get to us because we see from the life of John the Baptist that he didn't back down. He didn't allow it to get to him. And this was it. He understood that the price to be paid was worth the reward to be received. LeBron James sat on a stool and told the whole world on decision day, I'm taking my talents to Miami, South Beach. The whole world hated Miami. Do you remember? 
the whole world not only bashed LeBron James, but everyone that was connected to LeBron James, Pat Riley, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, everyone from the whole Heat organization. But you know what happened to LeBron James? He counted the cost. He said, it is worth it for people to harm me, to attack me, and to speak whatever I want. Because I've made a commitment to that side. Because I know that the reward is great, so the price is worthy to be paid. I'm wondering if some of you are looking at eternity that way, that I am willing to pay the price today. You could say whatever you want to say, you could do whatever you want to do, and you could do whatever you want to me, to my family, to my church, but I'm telling you right now that whatever word, whatever actions you take against me, my reward in heaven is greater, and that is why I live for you want to know what happened with LeBron James? He went to the final four times and he won two rings. The reward was worth it. I bet you anything, if you were to grab him on a very disclosed, personal conversation, and you say, LeBron, tell me the truth. Do you regret leaving Cleveland and coming to Miami? I bet you with all my heart, he would look at you in the eyes and say, are you kidding me? I got two championship rings. Because the reward was worth the price to be paid, church. John the Baptist went into prison, to Herod's prison, an evil man. And he found out that one day, this evil woman wants his head beheaded. I truly believe that if someone was there writing down his last words, John the Baptist would have said, if I had to do this all over again, I do it because my reward, once my head is chopped off and I die, is greater. I'm willing to pay the price for my reward is great. Man, if you guys could just get that in your spirit, it might change the way you live. It might change the way you think. It might change the way you do everything you do. It might change the way you raise children. It might change the way you do marriage. It might change the way you come in here on a Sunday and worship your God. It might change the way you treat that person next to you. It might change the way you treat me. It might change the way you treat people outside these doors. Because listen to me. We're not here to play little dumb games. We're here to receive a great reward. In Jesus Christ our Lord. If you want to play dumb games. As the pastor of this church, I shouldn't say this. This probably takes away attendance. But this is not the place to play dumb games. Let's look for our reward. Let's pay the price. You're not in competition with no one, and I'm not in competition with no one. We are here for eternity, man. And we're here for others to win eternity and to come with us. I'm willing to pay the price. Expose me. Expose me. Is the price to be paid worth the reward to be received? You can write that down. It's one of my points. Is the price to be paid worth the reward to be received? I want to read a scripture actually to you. It's found in Luke. You can put that verse up. Luke chapter 12 verse 48. Have you guys ever read this verse? This is a very serious verse. Awesome verse. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. How many of you have read that verse? It's good. 
And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. That's a good verse. It's actually an excellent verse. Because I look at the church, I look at the believer, I look at you, myself, and much has been given to us. Much has been entrusted to us. How many of you would say amen? Much has been given to me. Much has been entrusted to me. I wrote in my notes, if you could see it, I wrote dot, 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 meaning I'm not done with the sentence. It's continuing. And this is what I wrote. Much has been given to us. Much has been entrusted to us. So what now? Much will be required in return. See, many of us would say, yes, the Lord, the Lord has shown himself. He has revealed himself to me. If we say that, do we know what that means? Scripture teaches us then our life is now one in return. And I want to say so much. Our life now is one of return, and now he requires our life in return. That's what I mean about, no, we're not playing games. Our life is a life of return. I lived my life for so long waiting to be used, waiting for someone to call, someone to notice, someone. And I recognized that I needed to stop relying on my own importance, and I had to see the bigger picture in my life. And that is that I've already been given much. I've already been given much. So now I'm just going to go ahead and and do and become, that I will now give my life back in return to Jesus, regardless if anyone notices or does not notice. You might ask me, well, why? And my answer to you would be because it's worth it. You mean even with all the attack, even with all the harm, even with the ridicule? Man, people are evil the way they speak. I say it's worth it. I choose a side and I live for it. You want to know why? We learned this on Wednesday. My Wednesday group that was here for the series called The End. We went into this verse. I'm going to pop the verse up. Revelation 22:12. 12. This is why it's worth it. Ready? The last, one of the last words of Jesus is this. And behold, I'm coming quickly. That doesn't do something to you right now. I don't know what does. I text a, uh, some friends of mine. I took a, a video. This is true, man. I'm weird. I'm watching um, Fox News. Some people got that. But as I'm watching Fox News, this man begins to speak. And he's talking about the Malaysian plane that got shot down. You guys heard about that? And he's like, man, and, and this is a tragedy. And he's speaking about who could it be, the Russian... And he starts talking about, uh, and then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I have it on my phone. He says, breaking news, this just in. He looks at the camera and says, it seems like the world is teetering. That was Thursday. Wednesday, I just talked about the Lord's return and things that were going to be coming, that were going to be happening. We talked about the rapture, tribulation, millennial reign, Armageddon. We talked about all these things. And then Thursday, this man looks up to the screen as I'm watching it. My wife is trying to nap upstairs. And I'm going, Nancy, come down now, now. Regal, this better be important. I'm trying to sleep. It's important. She comes down. 
he lays on the couch. I said, look, Israel has gone land, air, and sea to infantry, Gaza, and to fight against Hamas. And I'm like, it's happening. Israel's not backing down. They're going to attack. They're going to strike. They're poking and poking, and Israel's not going to take this. I'm not saying that this is the end, but this is the beginning. I'm telling you, other nations will get involved eventually. And I just started going off in my living room. I'm literally in my living room, and I'm like, and my wife's like, you're crazy. Why are you so excited? You should be worried and praying for them. I'm like, I am, but, but this is getting closer to the return. I text some of you. Jesus is coming. Some of you wrote back, I hope. Some of you are like, don't say that. But I was blessed by Fox News. And let me tell you why I was blessed. For some of you, that's scary. But for me, I'm excited because I'm, I can't wait to see Jesus. Like, I love this earth. I would like to travel some more. Can't wait to see my son in a couple hours. But I'm going to tell you right now that nothing is compared to the day that I go before his presence. So Jesus says this. Behold, I'm coming quickly. But look what he says next. Guess what I bring with me? Huh? Oh, you guys can't see it? Thank you. This side, you're just doing good. So what do I bring with me? My reward. It's with me. But watch this. He doesn't want to keep his reward. He says, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me because what am I going to do with that reward? I'm going to give it to you. To everyone. According to their work. Those are actually good works he's talking about here. Because hell is not a good reward. Speaking to his people here. Come on, church. Do we have time to mess around? Answer that. Has the Lord exposed himself to you? Are you exposing yourself to him? You better. He's coming quickly with rewards, and he wants to give them to you. I hope you're ready, church. I hope you're ready. Colossians chapter 3, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, Work heartily as of the Lord and not for men. Can I get an amen? amen? Knowing that from the Lord you will. Come on. Come on. Don't even mess with me. Look at this, guys. Knowing that from the Knowing that from the Lord you will what? Yeah, you're not going to receive it from me. You're not going to receive it from that person sitting next to you. You're not going to receive it from that person that introduced themselves to you when you came in. Because I, this church, and no one here has anything to offer to you but Jesus. So when you come over here and you read Paul's church to Colossiae, he says, whatever you do, just do it right. Do it with a pure heart as the Lord, for the Lord. You don't do it for man. You don't do it for others. You don't do it for all those things. Listen, I've exposed myself to you. You now live exposed to me. And listen, you will receive the inheritance as your reward for serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't do this not for one man. You do this for your great God who is coming, Jesus Christ, your Lord. He is your reward, church. Man, I've exposed myself to you. And the Lord says what? With all of your life, now you what? Come on, get into this. With all of your life, you now what? You expose yourself to him. What do you mean by that? You give it all to him. Your life is laid. Listen, we now live for our great reward. That's it. This sounds so selfish. We try to live for one another. We really do. We really try to please one another. But biblically, we don't even live for one another. 
Come on, we live for Jesus. That is why we love God first. And from loving God, we begin to love people. You want to know when loving people becomes false and fake? When people try to love people without first loving God. It's fake. You could smell it from a mile away. Don't love me. Don't tell me you love me. Don't tell me you hug me and kiss me. Don't tell me you're praying for me. No, you're not. You're just playing with my emotions. But when someone loves God, and they look at you and they say, I love you, you know it's real. You know it's authentic. You know it's genuine. Because that person lives for God above all things. Amen? Even if it's worth harm, danger, attack, the price, the reward is worth it. How many of you could say amen? I'm going to go to my last point. And um, I guess slowly we can start ending. If you want to maybe get into some worship or if you guys could just quietly and just start coming up here. My last point is this one. You can write this down. To expose, write this. Number three. Very important one. That's why I saved this one for last. Not the most important, but it's important. To expose means to present to view. Write that on your notes. To present to view. To exhibit. I like this word. To display. I like that. My wife's not here today, so I'm going to pick on her. My wife loves to window shop. I go with her. She can't buy anything, but her eyes love to buy with her eyes. And she just, ladies, you know what I'm talking about, right? I got a hard group today. She just lowered a little bit. And um, we'll walk by the store. And it's funny. Because, you know, we'll walk by a mall or whatever. And she looks at the, at the glass or at the window. Oh, my God, the dress. It's so beautiful. Like it is. Let's keep going. <laughs> but uh, can we just walk in? You know, you know you, as a man, you use wisdom in the sermon, right? Uh, fight. Have a good day. Yeah, let's go. So walk in. She goes to find the dress. She finds her size. Let's see the price. You know, eventually. Oh, it's on sale. The wedding's coming up, and I don't have no dress. It's like a store, right? What do stores do? What are they in the mall and, and these outlets and all that? They expose. They expose. They present their new dress. Men, they present their new suits, their new shirt, their new shoes for the shoe lovers. And what do they do? They place it on the window. They're not stupid. They know that we're not going to place it in the back where no one can see. Everyone walks through the windows and there's a lot of window shoppers. So let's put our newest item, the hottest item. Let's even trick them. Let's put a big sign that says sale. And raise the price to that dress. So when they come in, they can see it's 40% off. But yet it still costs $300. But at least we drew them in with the hook called sale. I mean, they know it's... It's a whole, you get your doctorate in this kind of stuff, man. 
get masters and all that. I mean, this is, this is sick. You know, people study this kind of stuff. You know, they use colors to grab you. McDonald's has mastered that. I, f- I forgot. I studied that one time. McDonald's uses a thing to show their food that makes you crave one of their burgers. And you could be on the greatest diet. You might not eat it, but you're going to fight the craving that you have because of the commercial. McDonald's knows how to do that. They hired someone specifically to mess with you. I don't like those people that do that to my wife, man. Because they harm me. And they expose their new dress, their new shoe, their new suit. They present it on the window. They display it so that all can see. Why? To draw people in to see the price of that dress. Because it happens to me. To then try on that dress. And then to eventually walk out with that dress and all the men say you know it happens man you know it happens all they want is if we put it there we entice them with it we'll draw them in they'll check it out they'll try it on and I know that this is so beautiful that if someone were ever to try it on they're not going to be able to help themselves from not walking out with it So put it on the window so that everyone may see. They're so smart, man. They're so smart. But can I tell you what that means to us as I end? When Christ has revealed himself to us, then there is no stopping him from being revealed through us. We now present Christ to view. We now expose him for all to see. He now becomes displayed. He now is on exhibit. Not us, but he is. When I go and I preach and I'll go to, I'm going next month and I preach in one conference or I might preach in one church or I might, and people are like, well, that was a, I try not to listen to them too much. Because I don't ever want it to get to my head that anything that I could ever do could be because of me. I want everyone to know that if there's anything that is out of us that is good, that is pure, that is right, that is powerful, that is anointed, that is sure, that is righteous, it is Jesus Christ. It's not me. It is He. Do you want to know why so many people get offended and bicker and complain and are hurt and are sensitive? Because it's about them and it's not about Him, church. It is time that we are a church that it becomes about Him, that He is on display, that He is there so that everyone can see that when people see Him, they check out the price, they try it on, and they can't stop themselves from walking out with Jesus Christ. How do I look? But if the church is not displaying him, is not exhibiting him, is not showing, revealing, exposing him, ain't now, I know that's not even proper, but ain't now one person going to walk in, check out the price, try it on and walk out with it. But when you begin to expose him, because he's exposed himself, listen to me. Listen to me. You're going to come. They're going to try it on. And they're going to say, I'm never walking away from this dress. This Jesus ever again. 
It's time to expose him. How can we not? If he has exposed himself to me. I have my family in Key West. At my house this week. It's been an interesting week. My uncle, we're praying for his salvation. And he gets mad. I don't know. Something happened. He's, I love my uncle. He's my life. I love him. My little nephew is, I don't even know how old Chris is right now. My uncle said something last night. He said, Jesus Christ. I laughed. I said, at least he knows who to call. Yes. My little cousin says, Dad, you know better than that. Look, hey, smart mouth, man. He gets hit a lot. He goes, you don't say. He's like, what, son? What did I say? He goes, you don't say the Lord's name in vain. But he didn't finish there. He goes, especially in this house. My wife's in the kitchen. She said, that's right. You don't say his name in vain. Not just here, but anywhere else. It was awesome. I haven't preached to my uncle this week. I haven't sat with him and said one thing about Jesus. But something must have happened. That he said the Lord's name in an improper way. And a little boy out of the mouth of babes said, Daddy, not in this house. They wear a different dress here. They wear a different suit here. It's a little bit different over here. I'm wondering if it was more than words. I'm wondering if it was actions that showed them that Jesus is the God of our household. I'm wondering. I should have said, what made you say that? I didn't. I didn't want to escalate it. You got to know when to plant, when to water, and when to shut up. And I said, that was good. That was a seed that was planted. And I didn't even preach it. My little cousin preached it. Good preaching, son. <laughs> we now present him. We expose him so that all could see. I end with this passage. Actually, two passages. Just... Let's have a good time in the Word. Here it is. 2 Corinthians 4. I'll just read it. Go to the next one. Watch. I'm going to read from the message. And it's not because of any other reason, but watch how it words it at the end. Watch this. The main points are still given. Watch. God has so generously led us in on what He is doing. Remember how I said He wants to reveal? Secrets. What He's doing His mysteries. We're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. Come on, church. Amen. We refuse to wear masks. And play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. We don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we, we keep everything we do and say out in the what? What is that called? You're exposed. Come here. You actually think that you live this week without being exposed? If you say you come to New Life, a Christian church, and you say you represent Christ, you know your life is exposed, right? Okay, good. Keep everything we do and we say it out in the open. The whole truth on what? 
Try me on. Put me on. Check out the price. You're on the window. So that those who want can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. Man, that's good. Let's keep going. If our message is obscure to anyone, it's not because we're holding back in any way. No, it's because these other people are looking or they're going the wrong way and they refuse to give it serious attention. All they have eyes for is the fashionable God of darkness. They think that he could give them what they want and they won't have to bother believing a truth they can't see. They're stone blind to the day spring brightness of the message that shines with Christ who gives us the best picture of God that we will ever get. Five, five and six. Remember. Everyone say remember. remember. Yeah. Put this to reminder that our message about ourselves we are proclaiming displaying exposing revealing Jesus Christ the master and we are all his messengers errand runners from Jesus for you it started when God said light up the darkness in other words let there be light in darkness you've heard of that verse and our lives filled up with light as we saw and we understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. It's beautiful. The message is not about ourselves. It's proclaiming Jesus. And then I end with this. Really, I can't preach anything off that. The message did it for itself. Watch this. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins. The anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things that these people do. That's good, man. For once you were, I like, I like that. You were. You're not. Not you are. Church, you're what? You were full of darkness. Once you were. But now you have life from the Lord. So you live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is what? That's not only the thing. Good. What is right? What is true? Look at the next part of the verse. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. What, what are you determining right now in your heart? Come here, come here. What are you determining? What pleases you? If it is, good thing's right. We determine everything we do, what pleases the, the Lord. We take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, we what? Expose. You know what that Greek word means? You find fault. You correct them. Get away from that stuff. Remember how I said, stop playing those games here. We got a reward we're waiting for. Expose that stuff. Expose that stuff. 
it's shameful to even talk about the things that Ungali people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said. I love this part. Ready? Awake, O sleeper. Rise up from the dead. And Christ will give you light. You know what that means? And Christ will expose himself to you and through you. The light of Christ. Just, just awake. Wake up. And let him expose himself in you and through you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me.